0: The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. Fantasy, you in the 06010. Fantasy, Fantasy Focus.
1: Fantasy Football Marathon rolls along. Just kidding. Just kidding. Wednesday, it's our show. <laughs> We're back to your normal programming. I actually believed
2: you because I'm so tired. you
1: delirious. Yeah, right? like,
3: yeah,
2: okay. We're still doing it.
1: Uh, we are back from the Fantasy Marathon. Thank you to everybody who was a huge part in helping make the marathon a massive success. 1.6 million plus signups on ESPN. We
2: broke a record, apparently. Broke
1: a record. Tremendous effort by all involved. From top to bottom, everyone in between, a great, great success for us, a ton of fun. We're now back on the podcast. Matthew is catching his breath because he carried a heavy load. He had to do five push ups last
2: night, let's be honest. No, he
0: needed to recover.
1: Five push-ups. And
2: <laughs> I was worried. I was watching closely. I want to take his pulse. Like, trust that.
1: I asked if we had the defibrillator around. <laughs> um, it was, it was, it was made available just in case. Uh, he was beat red after those five pushups. You may notice something if you're watching this on the Twitter live stream or YouTube or the ESPN app via the watch tab. We've got a new domain here. I mean, yeah, same podcast. Just like we've we've remodeled we've a little jazzed bit. It yeah, what's different? We jazzed it up. The, po- the podcast
0: studio got some new skins. We've got this fancy wood decor. We've got these big banners. Moving on up in the world, Daniel Dopp. Yeah, we got some more stuff that's going to be added in later today that you Ooh, guys don't even fancy. know about. Yeah. So more surprise. Pretty excited about it. But we yeah. also
1: have some new helmets that you can see on the front. Of our desk right now, if we get the wide shot of the three of us, we've got the Wesleyan football slash Nantucket slash Belmont Hill red, uh, my helmet right here. We've got Stefania Bell's 49ers homage. That's amazing. With some red wine just involved. Like FF, Tremendous yeah, the, pickup.
2: The wine glass and the Golden Gate Bridge, but just such a great job they did with the logo. I mean, it just, when you first look at it, you're like, that is the real, you know.
0: Plus, Daniel Dopp with a fancy not- lions-themed helmet. Yeah, I was very glad to be able to do the secret squirrel with a beard. I was glad they could put a <laughs> beard on the squirrel. <laughs> didn't know, that beards- I didn't, I didn't know the beard is a beard on beards. the squirrel. On the squirrel, yeah. Oh,
2: I didn't even see that.
0: Oh, oh yeah, it's you got. so good. decor. So, so, so squirrels can grow beards. I learned something new. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Is it is
1: it kind of awkward though? Yeah, like, no, Mike, you know? It so it is, know, mine's in the mail. It, it is, or sort of is weird, that on the way? Or
0: I'll tell you what, Mike. Here's here's what we're gonna do. Uh, we you've been such a good sport. About everything No I haven't That we've decided That we also want to Gift you a helmet That you can have On set for what? whenever It is that you are A part of this now, show Now there's one condition Yep Should I open you this now You must
1: wear the helmet While doing the podcast If you're going to Receive this Yes card. that is accurate That is exactly What you have to do What Mike Clay. Oh no oh, wow. God. He's going fancy. to be Insufferable Mike Clay has young children I'm sure that he is oh, A master look at, look at I that. don't know wow. If I've ever
2: seen A more excited Mike Clay This is fly as excited fly. as he okay, is Okay put it on We had to put yours? ours on right. Yesterday Put it yeah. on. Oh, uh, look who's, who's
1: happy. Mike oh, wow. is happy. This on? Yeah, wear step. that for the rest. If you right, wear that for the rest of the show, <laughs> Howie Roseman will offer you a contract. That looks sharp. How I much, much do you care about being a member of the Eagles?
3: Look at this. And they say us stat nerds aren't athletes. Look at this. I look Ooh. like an athlete. Look at
2: that. <laughs> ready to go. Dude, you're, totally you're a understanding You're a mathlete is I'm what about, you, I'm you gonna are. I'm going to
3: put this right up on a shelf in my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, go.
1: I'm hitting the You're button. You're pressing the button. I'm Jeez. hitting the button.
0: Keith is watching me. I'm hitting the button. What oh, my goodness. Brrrr.
1: Rewind. I'll Time for it. some it's news. Rewind. Fantasy news from the National
2: Football League. This
1: is the Instant Week instant replay.
2: It feels it's as if you've done the show 150,000 times. Yep, <laughs> it feels
1: about that way, even though it's only the seventh show of the season. So, we got some news. Again, tremendous effort in the marathon Twitter, YouTube, ESPN, will keep reminding you that just for a little while longer. Also, it was Matthew Barry's Love Hate column release day yesterday. So if you love, love, hate, or if you hate, love, hate, check Put it out on, it. on ESPN.com. 14,000 plus words, an incredible effort for Matthew, as much as it pains me to admit that. He did an excellent job, exemplary work, as always.
2: 14,126, according to researcher Thirsty mm, Kyle.
1: 14,126 words. Wow. Ooh. Let's get to some news, and last night as we were preparing for the final leg of the marathon, we got somewhat of an update, and it was kind of an unintentional update in my estimation. Colts owner Jim Ursay appeared on the news, I'm sorry, on the radio in an interview with X, Sirius XM NFL, um, and he said he referenced Andrew, Bone, Andrew <laughs> Luck. You know what? It's not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. <laughs> Someone's a midseason former. Andrew Luck. Had a small Live little bone issue. <laughs> a little bone issue for Andrew Luck. That sounds a lot different than a calf. So fine, I'm not an anatomy expert, but as far as I know, my calf is a muscle. It's not a bone. So That's right, but it attaches to
4: bones. Okay, so there's so, a lot so of let's, things let's in So let's zoom out
1: mm-hmm. and you give us what you interpret because the Colts have since followed up on what Jim Mersey said and made it clear it's an ankle issue, but what does it all mean?
2: I think, uh, and and we were talking about this pre-show, that one of my favorite analogies for how information, medical information, tends to make its way public uh, often is like the game of telephone, okay. where yeah. something gets told from the medical personnel to the player, or the player and his agent, or the player and his agent front office, and then it gets passed along. And by the time it makes its way to the third or fourth person, it becomes distorted, and what we hear may not be shall we say completely accurate or at least not complete so i think it's really hard on the outside to go backwards and speculate i think Ursay in his commentary gave two letters of what he thought the name of the bone might be and i had people asking me well what bone is it you can't these are these are games that i'm not really willing to play when we have concrete information we will pass it along i think what's important is that Uh, GM Chris Ballard had a conference call last night and they addressed the fact that Andrew Luck will not play in the preseason. And it sounds like there's uncertainty for his week one status. That is actionable in fantasy. As far as my level of concern, just from looking at it from a medical perspective, yeah, my level of concern has gone up because this is something that originally, I think, the look, they had him in practice. They thought there was no issue to start. But this is how medicine works. This is not This is not something to point fingers at. This is conversation. Player says, this is still bothering me. They react to it. They investigate it further. They've decided to scale him back. And until we have further information about a status change or the detail of the actual injury scenario, I think you act upon the fact that you may not have Andrew Luck available week one.
1: There are a lot of people that are thinking deja vu all over again. Just a couple of off seasons ago, the Colts were not concerned about a shoulder issue. Next thing you know, Andrew Luck missed the entire season. I'm not drawing parallel, uh parallel between that injury and this one. I'm merely noting that sometimes in fantasy we're creatures of habit and people might shy away from Andrew Luck. Mike, we had this conversation in some ways last night because we did a mock draft yes. with the Andrew Luck news. Ten teams, and each of us had to draft a quarterback. No one drafted Andrew Luck. If you were to conduct a draft right this second with ten teams total, you and nine other people, Would Andrew Luck be a starting quarterback, as in one of the top 10 drafted?
3: No. If I'm drafting right now, there's no reason to pick him. The the position is so deep. We talk about this time and time again. I mean, you look at, obviously, Pat Mahomes is the top of most boards. I would say 99% of boards. You have Watson, Rodgers, and Ryan in that tier. That's where we've kind of had Luck as of late. Obviously, you move him to the bottom of that group. And then, I mean, that next list is guys like Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz, Dak. Drew Brees, Big Ben, Russell Wilson, even Kyler Murray, Jared Goff, we're going to talk about later. I mean, that's those guys are sufficient. They can hold down the fort for you at quarterback, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's so many more guys with uh QB1 upside. So right now, you don't have to force it, whereas like Zeke Elliott and Melvin Gordon, obviously there's a little bit of risk there right now. At least those guys can be game changers for your team. Luck, not so much just because of the way the position is structured. He would have to come back. And be
1: like Patrick Mahomes of last season. Right. For it to be worth the payoff exactly. of drafting him early and having him sit on your bench for maybe one week, maybe significantly more than one week. So as of right now, we're recording this podcast. I see ten oh eight, Wednesday, August fourteenth, on the East Coast. That's how we feel about Andrew Luck, because that you can shy away. There's just so much depth at the quarterback spot. You know, if Andrew Luck drops to the fourteenth round in your draft and you want to take him? That's that's okay. Like the other players you're drafting at that right. point have just as much risk and certainly much more downside than or certainly not as much upside as Andrew Luck. But right now, if you're in the middle of the quarterback run and there's somebody there's so many quarterbacks available. I took Kyler Murray last night ahead of Andrew Luck. Mm-hmm. That's to spoil the rest of the show. Mike took Dak Prescott last mm-hmm. night ahead of Andrew Luck. A lot of quarterbacks that are totally comfortable level starters are going to go before Andrew Luck goes as of right now today.
2: The only other thing I would point out, and this goes to your to your comment about, you know, the shoulder where it didn't seem like a big deal and then it was, is imagine that you're Andrew Luck. That's actually your memory, is that the shoulder became such a problem. So this may not be nearly the same significance, but in the mind of the athlete who's experienced an injury like that, it could certainly make you apprehensive and it probably also makes the Colts want to act with an abundance of caution. So I wouldn't take this as an indication of severity. I would take it as it's evolving Stay tuned to the news. We'll update it whenever there's anything actionable. And look, when you if you have a lower round the bench, you know, player that you've picked up and you decide later as the news changes that you want to replace that person with Andrew Luck, you could certainly do that.
1: Uh we should have a daily graphic ready for Antonio <laughs> Brown because we talk about him every day on this show. Here's the latest news. Yesterday he showed up to training camp with grumpy. the Oakland Raiders. He looked you know what? I don't even know if I'd use grumpy. It's more that he is so overtly cheery all the time that when he shows up, kind of nonplussed, you're just like, "What's wrong, Antonio? Like, <laughs> are you okay?" When he's not like beaming, smiling ear to ear, it makes you a little bit nervous, right? When he comes in a car instead of right, like a hot up air, air like balloon, right? right. Like, like, he what? Up he's up just, up just a Camry. On a, I know. It was like to me,
2: like, what's wrong
1: with him? Right. Well, he made he, me. I'm the here because is, I
2: have to be here. I got turned down.
1: Well, maybe a bit fatigued by all the, uh, yeah, the hoopla the that has surrounded him. Self-created hoopla. Uh, Antonio Brown showed up yesterday. He has made it clear he is on the search for, is it a air shut, shut air, mm, 10, 9? Yeah,
2: the, who, a specific who, who, who his,
1: model of a helmet. He you has tweeted it. about it. I think we have the tweet embedded so I can read it. I am looking for a shut air advantage adult large helmet that was manufactured in 2010 or after. In exchange, I will trade a signed practice warrant. Raiders helmet. Why Everybody's 2010 a helmet after? These days, because
2: huh? the helmets are... The Noxie certification does not exist on his older helmet. That is why he wants
1: So it's so. got to be at some point from 2010 and on. I get the sense he'll be able to find one of these helmets. that can be approved by the NFL. The feet were also addressed yesterday. Antonio Brown said, I haven't been away because of the helmets i've been away because of the feet he said he's been away with a foot specialist he's getting very close to being back to 100 he also noted and we've talked about this logically that the issue with the feet is not so much straight line speed it's changing directions which you can imagine
2: right it hurts it's like a burn on the bottom of your feet think of severe blistering like if you've ever had severe blisters on your feet uh it takes a while for that new skin to toughen up. You know, it takes a while to get callus formation. It takes a while to get it to the point where you can plant and pivot, where you dig your feet into the turf. That's what actually hurts. Sharp deceleration and pushing off. So it'll get there, but it's uncomfortable.
1: Well, Antonio Brown, we're not, at this point, you've heard our sort of our take on where he goes in drafts right now. Yesterday they did not move the needle. What it did do though is he is going right now wide receiver seven in terms of average draft position. What it has done though for Antonio Brown is it's moved us closer to being able to solidify what his spot would be. If you're one of those people, the majority of people that wait until like August 20th or 25th to start drafting, by that time, we should have a much clearer picture. John Gruden did say yesterday that he fully expected. He said when he was asked about Antonio Brown for week one, he said, oh, yeah, yep. So we think <laughs> he'll be back for week one. Sort of interesting here on Darius Geist, Redskins running back who missed all of last season after tearing his ACL in training camp during that preseason game against the Patriots. He was looking great up to that point. He's yet to be cleared in games. Stefania, was this expected? Unexpected?
2: I would just say it's a normal part of the process, right? You clear players for activity in degrees. And when he was cleared to participate in training camp, it was exactly that. He was cleared to participate in training camp. So you get out there, you get in drills. It's a whole different animal to be cleared for contact, especially with opposing teams. You know, you're, Mm -hmm. when you're a, a running back, the first thing you have to be able to demonstrate is you can plant, cut, change direction, stop, start. All of that feels good with the knee. Then you start getting in traffic, like with your own team or if you're facing your own defense because you know they're not going for anything where they're going to put you in jeopardy per se. But when you talk about playing in a real game, that becomes different. And so it, the the gradations of clearance happen normally. And all I would take from this is it hasn't happened yet we don't know it could happen very very soon so okay. not this week but stay tuned
1: so my thought is hearing that Stefania and and sort of pivoting here to you Mike is like yeah like th- this was not this was not a setback this was no. not some sort of mm-hmm. you know red flag it It is what it is. So does this at all value change your value of Darius Christ for this season?
3: It doesn't. I've been targeting him actually in the middle of draft. So he's going right around, it's saying like a, a 10 to 12 team league. You're looking at around seven or eight in that kind of vicinity. And I know there's been some concern because I, they have Chris Thompson and Adrian Peterson could play a big role out of the gate. But you're getting a discount here, right? I mean, this is a guy that was picked in the second round that we thought could be maybe a fringe RB1 last year when he was healthy. He still can be. I mean, they, they have said, they've come right out and said they want him to be the guy when he's ready to go. So I think at... I, you know, he's RB29 on my board and he falls to me often in that spot. I think that's a perfectly fine area to target him because, again, you're not taking him at his ceiling. He can end up getting you top 15 numbers at running back or better if he is a future star in this league. So I love him right now. If in draft. you
1: look at some of the players that are being drafted around him, running back 30 in terms of average draft position, some of them are guys that like not even in best-case scenario would they handle a full workload, right? I mean, yeah. it's not that far ahead of a player like Naheem Hines, who's not going to be the Colts' feature back, no matter how far or no matter how, what happens to Marlon Mack and Jordan Wilkins, et cetera. There are guys that could be... You know, Miles Sanders, yeah. for example, is being around there. Yep. You know, mm-hmm. I think LaShawn McCoy is in that vicinity. Um, but Darius Geis, like I think... If you like, you know, best case scenario for Darius Geis is certainly significantly better, I think we believe, mm-hmm. than someone like LaShawn McCoy. So no red flags here on, on Darius Geis, but it's worth noting, by the way, we have double trouble for the Redskins coming up later this week. A Golden Tate's four game suspension, which we knew was expected, has been upheld after an appeal was denied yesterday by the NFL. He's being drafted in over two thirds of leagues. Mike, if you like, would you even bother using a draft pick on on Golden Tate here?
3: I, I mean, if I have a deeper bench, sure. I mean, a late round pick because he is going to have to be targeted a lot once he's back on the field, right? You have Sterling Shepard, you have Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley. I mean, Tate is going to be a big part of their underneath passing game. We know he's great after the catch, not going to get you a ton of touchdowns. But I mean, if I have a deeper bench, and especially if I'm a little needy, at wide receiver, you can get a major discount on a guy. And again, if, if you have that bench room, you could just hang on to him for a few weeks, but uh, not a must draft by any means.
1: Interesting year ahead for Golden Tate. Going into last season, had a massive target share in twenty seventeen for the Lions. Role evolved a little bit, just slightly in Detroit. Uh, actually, I thought we did say very busy, but then he gets traded to the Philadelphia and has a nondescript tenure there. Right? I mean, I think it's not a. I don't think it's an accident that Philadelphia did not bring him back this year in free agency. He has a chance to kind of rewrite what level of player he is now in his 30s, and in case you missed it, the Giants are desperate for wide receivers. They're also desperate for protection. The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented, sponsored by ADT. Speaking of protection, what does real protection mean for our listeners? You can get all the latest innovation and smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring for the most trusted name in home security. Mike has it for his moat. You get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you. You get 18,000 employees, feels like a lot, safeguarding you with connections to first responders. You get the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can get a secure smart home with everything from video doorbells, indoor and outdoor cameras, smart locks and lights, all of it controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice. You can get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors you get a custom, you get a system custom designed to fit your home, large or small. Again, you can get safety on the go in the car or when their kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Mike brought his beautiful babies to school today. This feels like a good mm-hmm. investment for you, Mike. But you already have ADT.
3: <laughs> I do, I do. I'm, I'm all protected. I've been uh, multiple houses. You know, I've traveled with this system. How this was the drop
1: off or- this morning? With the girls, by the way. The, did you take them to the bus? What do you do? You no,
3: no. I, we're school right across the street. We have a nice oh, little preschool the- right across oh. the street. Oh. Yeah. So one's there. Actually, her last day there is, is uh, Friday, and then she's going to move on to kindergarten, and then our three-year-old is going to go to this school. Which you know, is from what I
1: hear, I can't speak from experience here, from what I hear, ESPN... Very desirable day, daycare yes. and very, like a long waiting list. Oh, yeah, yeah. We
3: were on the waiting list. Uh, we got on it right away when we moved up here. It took a while, but it Ooh. is fantastic. The teachers are, are, there are great. I mean, it's uh. shout out to Kids
1: Center. Should I you sign get, up now? You like, get <laughs>
0: text updates too, don't you? Yeah,
3: every day I get an email at the end of the day with a report with pictures and what they did all day. It's oh, amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. Have, like an ESPN Sprow app. Yeah, Sprout was there. <laughs> yep. I saw Kevin Gandhi today. Right. Yeah, we, you, go, <laughs> you go
2: and see your friends over there as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. We go hang out. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> You're like yeah. you're like an old man. I'm definitely an old man. You're like Matthew. <laughs> Anyways, hey, thank you. Time now for double trouble. Double trouble. Double, double, double trouble. Trouble. Double, double, double o, trouble. Double trouble. Double trouble. As
2: of this moment, they're on double secret probation.
1: All right, we are moving on to the Los Angeles Rams. We go to the yes. NFC West. We begin with the Rams, who have a
3: Vegas win projection of 10.5. Mike Clay, what say you? I am taking the over. 11.3, they're, it's one of the highest numbers I have. Uh, actually, it is the highest number I have this season. So uh, I'm loving the Rams. I think they're set up with a, a decent schedule and a fantastic team. And man, I don't care. Listen, I know uh, I've seen every, all the talk about Sean McVay since the Super Bowl. You know, all the impressive thing. It's like everything he's done that's been so impressive. His two years as a head coach, and even going back to an offensive coordinator, was kind of wiped out uh, on the, on the in front of a national audience. People were so upset that he got beat in that game and really struggled. He got beat by the GOAT, Bill Belichick. <laughs> I mean, come on, give give the guy a break. I think he learned some lessons in that game, as he has admitted. He's still great. He has done some fantastic things. He's one of the best. I think the Rams are going to have another terrific season.
1: Okay, this just in. Sean McVay, still good at this job. Sean McVay with a nice cameo on Hard Knocks last yeah, night, by the way. Um, so the Rams, they've won 11 or more games back-to-back seasons after 10 straight years of finishing under 500. We begin with the quarterback, Mr. Jared Goff. Mr. Top 8 quarterback, I believe it was last year in terms of overall scoring. But he's going right now. It's quarterback 15 in terms of average <laughs> draft position. It's a guy who had eight 300-yard passing games last season. So I'm telling you all these good things. But Mike, there are legit reasons. Um, They're not warning signs. It may be just that, like, there are a couple of things that happened at the end of last year. And we just talked about it, Andrew Luck. There's, like, a zillion good quarterbacks.
3: That's the thing. There's so many good quarterbacks that you can't find. Like, you want to pack in 20 guys into your top 10. It's just so hard to do. There's so many options at that position. And, in fact, most of the analysis on Jared Goff is positive. But if you had to break ties here or you had to decide who you want to put in the top 10, who is more upside... The reasons really are, you know, he struggled a bit with accuracy. He's been off target at times. He's He's been up near the top of the league and off target rate each of his three seasons in the league. And perhaps the big one this day and age is he doesn't do a ton with his legs. Only 175 rushing yards in 38 career games. But again, he's finished QB 12 and QB 7. He gets a ton of help from the guys around him. If you look at drop rate and post-catch production, both near the the uh, best in the league last season and these are obviously super high scoring offenses top five in touchdowns each of the past two seasons
1: couple of concerns here remember we do draft emotionally right the same way that people are a little bit reticent to draft levy on bell because of what happened last year a lot of people remember that in the super bowl in not really in the i mean in the the, the NFC championship game he was solid uh and the playoff win over the cowboys also solid but still in the last five games of last season now they week 17 to the Los Angeles Rams and Jared Goff had four touchdown passes in that game. But remember the four games prior to that, weeks 13 through 16, he had two total touchdown passes. He sort of, you know, he laid an egg on Sunday night football against the Bears in a massive game. Cold weather got the best of Jared Goff in a couple of instances down the stretch last season. So quarterback 15 for me, quarterback 14 for Mike. Uh, his ADP is is quarterback 15. I don't want to totally like this is not like the you know chop Jared Goff off at the knees podcast like if if the board shook out a weird way for me someone was you know quarterback happy for some odd reason in a 10 team league. Not going to go to bed crying if he's my quarterback coming out of the draft. No way. But you're not like I don't think that's the expectations either.
3: Yeah, no way. I mean, I, the guy's been top five in yards per attempt and yards per completion each of the past two seasons. Like it, whether it's the help, that's the system, whatever it is, it has maximized his fantasy production. And by the way, you know, I mean that Bears game you could almost excuse, right? That that was one of the best defenses I think we've ever seen <laughs> last season. Yeah, and it was late in the year. I mean, their schedule in this in the fantasy playoffs is a, is much lighter this season. So. Um, I'm fine with him. If I wait forever, which I often do, a quarterback, I'm I'm fine going into the what season. What do we
1: have? Stephane? You're over there. I know. face whatsoever.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel. And I what the is
0: going on? Like the whole time I'm talking, there's promotion. The I know. I didn't well, want to interrupt. If you're a it. professional,
2: it was such, you just march right through. But. It was
0: great analysis. We didn't want to interrupt it. That's the thing. <laughs> we you were wanted, though. It was distracting.
2: I know because we were, when Field said he wasn't going to go to bed crying, I started thinking, well. When does Field yeah. go back crying? Like, who actually to- <laughs> sends you to bed crying? And then Daniel's saying, "I had a hard time picturing Baby Field going to bed crying. <laughs> little
0: Baby Field in his onesie, just crying because someone took Jared Goff before There's quarterback. Chubby cheeks, <laughs> <laughs> my chubby cheeks, and little
1: ham hock so, legs. That was buddy. me. Yeah. Oh man. All right, Jared Goff, we're in on him as a <laughs> starter's tente Just he's in that tier. He's in that, he's tier, in that tier again yeah. for the fifty thousandth time. Don't go to I bed crying. I wish we just ra- don't don't go to bed crying. and Think about rankings in terms of tiers, not in terms of like twelve versus thirteen versus fourteen. At some point, mm-hmm. it's just nitpicking. Running back Todd Gurley has been the story in some ways of fantasy football up to the point, up to this point of the preseason. Number one player in fantasy football in terms of I would say if I had to make it give an MVP last year, it would have been to uh Todd Gurley, probably him or Patrick Mahomes, but yep. just because of the position that he plays, Todd Gurley. Last year, the year before that, definitely Todd Gurley. Back to back fantasy football MVP but Todd Gurley's got a knee issue going on right now we've talked about this several times on the show Stefania you get your chance to once again sort of state your case
2: I know you guys feel like it must be like listening to a broken record so uh, but I've said it in a lot of detail but I'll just sort of summarize it here Todd Gurley's talent hasn't gone anywhere but Todd Gurley is a player who has a knee that has to be managed. And mm-hmm. management is going to be the key across the season. So I would just say to people, even when we first see him, and you're not going to see him in the preseason, uh, the medical staff of the Rams has a plan. and They're exercising it right now, and things look good. Todd Gurley rotates in. Uh, I think he takes every other day in practice. Uh, he has been out there on alternate days when they've had joint practices with other teams. So they're not fearful of that. Uh, he's taking the normal contact you would take at his position in practice and he looks good, but he's not in there in every series and obviously the rest time on different days. The goal for the team is to manage him and have him be effective for them in real football during the season. What that means for fantasy football is unclear because how they're going to exercise that management is something we don't, we aren't privy to. And it can also be fluid based on how he responds, not only week to week with games, but day in and day out with practice. So, uh, what I would say is that I expect him to be ready to go week one. And I expect when you see him take the field, you're going to be like, look, he looks exactly like the Todd Gurley I remember. But what you don't know and won't know is how that utilization will go. And of course, when you're dealing with a knee that's had these kinds of issues in the past, it could crop up again so there is a risk factor built in
0: Stefania I want to ask a question because I saw It'd that It'd be nice
2: if I could hear you though Oh that would be cool you All right, I'll
0: regurgitate All it. right. Yeah. well here's the thing I saw earlier this offseason that Todd Gurley had talked about losing some weight heading into the season, and I always wonder, just as a as a someone that doesn't yeah, that know any Matthew of these things, for the record, yeah. oh, that was okay, yeah. Is that is like losing weight? Is like losing eight pounds for an NFL player like really a massive difference when it comes to like an NFL season? Like, help me, somebody who doesn't understand this, know like weight loss in such a small number doesn't seem like a huge deal.
2: It's a complicated answer because it sort of depends on it's It's not just weight in pounds. It's sort of how does it manifest itself? Is it you know, are we talking about muscle bulk? Are we talking about water retention? You're talking about what, what that weight looks like, but that can difference. be a massive difference, especially for a running back. Um, but I would also say it doesn't totally eliminate, you know, whatever the case for Todd Gurley doesn't totally eliminate the concerns about the knee. All
1: right. So a lot of information there with Todd Gurley. Basically, the takeaway is this. He should be good to go going into the season. He should be at close or close to full strength. We just don't know once we get into the season. And Mike, in some ways, I've said this a couple of times during the marathon, that's actually the worst thing for us to hear. I'd rather know, like, I would have been more comfortable if you said, hey, he probably won't be full strength until week six, but he'll be good to go beyond that. Or, you know something? I'd stay away entirely. The gray areas that we don't love here. But still, at some point in your draft, he becomes the absolute steal of it.
3: Yeah, and I think round two is that area. I think if you can get him in round two, that's the place to go. Look, I mean... The guy played 14 regular season games last season at 21 touchdowns. The year before, he played 15 games and 19 touchdowns. I mean, if you cut those in half, he's still right around double-digit touchdowns. And last year, only eight running backs went over 10 scores. I mean, if he can get into that area, even if his snaps drop significantly, he's still going to pay off with some serious value. I mean, he gets a ton of work. Actually, number one in the league in expected touchdowns and carries inside the five each of the past two seasons. Top four in pass routes among running backs each of the past three seasons. He has never not been a top 15 fantasy running back. So I I guess my case is, I'm nervous, too. I am. I I totally understand the concerns, but I think we can deal with him playing less often and still he he could still pay off in a big way in fantasy if you get him at a discount.
1: I'm a little worried that some of the rhetoric around Todd Gurley has skewed too negative because of the fact that we are looking to avoid risk. But in appreciation of Todd Gurley, Kyle pulled some stats because (laughs) he could still very well be a close facsimile to what he's been over the past two years. Running back one on a per-game basis last year, two and a half points ahead of any other player, any other running back. 26.6 26.6 points per game. That's a ridiculous lead you were building in every single week just having Todd Gurley. And you mentioned how effective he is in the red zone, Mike. Over the past two seasons, he has led each, uh, led the, uh, the NFL in running back red zone points in both years. If you just use Todd Gurley's running back, uh, red zone points, like just eliminated every other touch he got outside of the red zone, he would have 276.7 fantasy points which would be one of the top 30 scoring running backs. So if they expect to get back to the red zone a lot, we expect them to do that. Todd Gurley still has a chance to cash in in a major way. In the second round, he would be the ultimate steal. But protecting yourself a little bit is important, and there are a couple of running backs that have moved to the forefront of the Gurley conversation Daryl Henderson and also Malcolm Brown. Henderson, a third round rookie out of Memphis. Brown, a player they've retained as a restricted free agent this offseason. Can I but- just?
2: I want to, before you go on. I just want to make one point from the st- stats that you made that kind of got me thinking about this. One, I was looking at Kyle's negative stats for Todd Gurley, talking about late in the season when he was just inefficient on the ground and sort of struggling uh, with that knee. But one of the differences going into this year that they didn't have the advantage of going into the playoffs is time. And they've now been able to practice and set up for, how about if we use Todd Gurley this way? Whereas last season it was like, okay, now we have a problem and you're trying to adjust on the fly. And I think that actually could make it so that Todd Gurley can still be very efficient for them and -hmm. efficient for fantasy because there's a plan for how to how to maneuver the offense differently around this.
1: Okay, so we do need to address the beyond Todd Gurley backfield component. Uh, Mike, if you had to use a draft pick on one or the other between Brown and Henderson, would you? And if so, which one would it be?
3: Well, it's a tough question to answer that way, right? Because Hen- uh, Daryl Henderson, the rookie, of course, is going in what, the seventh round right now, which 37th, is too early. Seventh,
1: I think, among Yeah,
3: I can't do that. I mean, if I had to pick one of the two guys to have my roster, it would certainly be Henderson. The problem is he's just going way too early. There's no chance. There's never been an, a point during this offseason where I felt comfortable with his ADP once, of course, it, it, he got drafted by the Rams. So I I can't do that. That said, you know, if you could find your way to get your hands on him, maybe with the positive girly news as of late, uh, maybe Henderson's ADP starts to fall and you could jump on him, but he is the preferred handcuff. This guy averaged, again, I I love, I love this stat, 8.88 yards per carry in 2017. And then he got almost double the carries the next season and actually improved that to 8.92. Yards per carry. In fact, his yards after contact mark last season 6.0, was more was more than all but five of the yards per carries from the backs drafted this year, which is just ridiculous. That's just after contact. The guy was crazy effective.
1: Here's what happened: Is Sean McVay identified him as a player he liked in the same way that, like, you know, your assistant coach Sean McVay, you know, like daps you up, and next thing you know, you're a head coaching mm-hmm. candidate, right? Same thing. I mean, this seriously. The Sean yeah. McVay interest in Daryl Henderson had a massive. Ripple effect that included Perception.
2: Yeah, I think mm-hmm. it did. It, it included
1: mm-hmm. his ADP skyrocketing. I still think that Malcolm Brown would be the more likely workhorse back if something were to happen to Todd Gurley, which is why if I draft Gurley, I've now shifted from previously wanting Daryl Henderson to wanting Malcolm Brown, who had 4.9 yards per carry last season, albeit on just 43 carries. Remember, they were disappointed when he got hurt and missed some time. And I last saw the, the, the
2: negative stuff from Kyle's just one career rushing touchdown, but I can tell you that when I was out there at camp, I certainly saw him set up for red zone play, saw him score a touchdown against the Chargers in practice. So uh, it's not like they're keeping him away from red zone opportunities and what they're practicing right now.
1: Savanya, so, please tell us about Zip Recruiter before we get into the wide receivers.
2: Why don't I?
1: I don't have a reason. <laughs> yeah, why don't you? You know,
2: hiring used to be hard, Field. Multiple job, back before you were, you know, hired, hiring used to be hard. That's, Multiple I, job I sites, stacks of resumes, confusing review process. But today, today in 2019, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over a hundred of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one, spotlights the top candidates so that you never miss a great match. In fact, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the very first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free!
0: Fall free. There it is.
1: At
2: this exclusive web address, com slash 06010. That's com slash 06010. One more time, com slash 06010. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Before we move on. Okay, Matthew. I just got a text from Lindsay Theory. Covers mm. the ramps for us. Not to name drop or anything, but I got Lindsay Theory on speed dial. And I asked her, what would you say? Who would you say is the most valuable handcuff? Because she's out there practice every single day. And she'd say, I'd say Brown. He's talented. Henderson has shown some early signs of struggling with the intricacies of the position at the NFL level so far.
1: So Interesting. There you go. One more log on the Malcolm Brown Fire. We move along to the wide receivers. No team has a more potent trio of wideouts in fantasy football than the Los Angeles Rams. I guess we can, we can break them down one, you know, one, two, three, but they sort of all group together. Robert Woods is my favorite of these three, followed up by Brandon Cooks and then Cooper Cup last, but all three check in my top 19, Mike's top 19 and the top 19 in terms of average draft position. The only difference is Mike has Brandon Cooks ranked ahead of Robert Woods. If you look back to how incredibly consistent and steady Robert Wood, what Woods was, it was one of the most solid and I think appreciated, not over- or underappreciated seasons we've seen in quite some time. Weeks 2 to Week 16, Robert Woods had at least 70 yards in every game. He had five catches, and I believe all but one of those games those were all double-digit fantasy scoring games. It may not have been elite, Mike, but it was, and I say elite is in like it may not have been a bunch of twenty-eight-point weeks. Maybe Mike Thomas is more prone for one of those, but Robert Woods is one of the most consistent players in the NFL, real football and fantasy football.
3: Yeah, no doubt about it. Twenty-four percent of the targets from Jared Goff have gone his direction since he over over the past two seasons. Uh, of course, since he joined the Rams. You love that wide receiver 11 last season. I mean, if there's knocks here, it's touchdowns, right? He's never cleared six touchdown catches or eight eight end zone targets in a season, and he's missed at least two games in four of his six NFL seasons. So durability, also a little bit of a concern. But now we're going to go through all three of these receivers. I'm going to give this a similar stat for all of them. But I looked at the seven games last year where Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, and Cooper Cup played together in full. I think that's important to know how often they were utilized. Did they hurt each other? Did they help each other? Well, in those games, Woods had a 24% target share, almost eight targets per game, was a wide receiver, 11. So he was still, again, even when Cup was a huge factor, obviously Cook's still there, still giving you top 12 numbers. So
1: how about, let's just, I mean, let's lump them. In some ways, you have to lump them all together. So extrapolate those numbers to include brandon cooks and cooper cup we'll get the medical from on stefania in just a moment but target share where did the each other of those two wide receivers land in those seven games or all
3: three played okay Okay. so again woods was 24 percent share 11th Mm -hmm. in fantasy points cooks a 23 percent share ninth in fantasy points a little bit better obviously making plays downfield cooper cup uh he is uh 22 percent share Eighth in fantasy points, so believe it or not, he actually had the most points. We'll get to him a little bit later. Eat a little bit of touchdown luck. We'll get to Just that. But the point insane. being, all three were top eleven fantasy receivers.
1: The best big play wideout of these three is Brandon Cooks. The guy is a big play waiting to happen. He's got incredible speed. It's part of the reason why the Rams traded for him last season. Five touchdowns, twelve hundred and four yards, eighty catches for Cooks last year. A rock solid season. In basically every single way, you have him as your highest-ranked Rams wide receiver, Mike. I guess, and I have to look at the game a little bit closer right now, if I had one concern, he feels like a player that over his full body of work has had a little bit more spike and regression to his game week to week as compared to Robert Woods.
3: But the fact is, I mean, I think we get a little nervous about him, or people are nervous about him that he's not consistent or reliable, and he so is. I mean, he has finished as a top-15 fantasy receiver, Four consecutive seasons, and that's with three different teams. I mean, granted, the quarterbacks and the systems have been good, but it's still a great system that he's in with the Rams. He's been a top 13 fantasy receiver in pass routes and receiving yards during each of those four seasons. Top 11 in yards per target all three seasons. And by the way, top of the position in screens and carries during the past two seasons, not number one near the top, which means they're manufacturing touches for this guy. And you like that. You like having that higher floor in fantasy. Also has not missed a game since his rookie season in 2014. There's so much to like about him. I really have. No, no concerns. I mean, he's just a featured part and a down, uh, a downfield weapon in this Rams offense. So love him. Love him as a wide receiver two target.
1: Savanya so, yesterday during the fantasy football marathon, you said you have no concerns about the health of Cooper Cup.
2: Right. I've already referenced how how, um, well integrated I think the Rams medical staff is. And when I talked with Cooper Cup at Camp, he really emphasized that starting from day one, he altered his nutrition plan. I mean, he was on the program. They've actually complimented him and said, when you have a player who... Sticks to the program like that, like that's why good things can happen. So he took his rehab very seriously and that makes a difference. I mean, that makes a difference in why these guys, uh, how, how well they can come back. So I do think that, uh, he is, he looks fantastic. Like I said, he is unrestricted in practice. He's unbraced. Uh, the, he, he's going to be ready to go week one and he's going to look very good. I do think that they will, you know, they're going to embrace this concept of, of managing workload, which they do, and somebody coming fresh off an ACL and considered still relatively less time than some. I mean, he'll he's about nine month mark right now. I think that there's that he might get a little more rest intermittently. May not get the full workload right out of the gate, but I think that will ramp up
1: fairly quickly. Mike, you mentioned I don't want to say uh, touchdown luck, touchdown mm-hmm. fortune. I feel like fortune has a more positive connotation than luck.
3: Yeah. Well, Portion feels fair. like
1: you yeah. kind of earned it. Luck feels like you, you truly just, it was totally arbitrary.
3: Yeah. It's, it's a tricky one to word, but you know, research shows that people aren't really good at scoring touchdowns per se. They're good at football and they demand targets, but oh. not really, it's not really a special skill your research. to catch the ball near the goal line, <laughs> uh, with very few exceptions. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Cup, uh, his expected total last year, is OTD, as we call it, was 2.7. He scored six touchdowns. So, well over his head. We can't so you count were on wrong. Is what you're saying? No, no, I wasn't wrong. That was based on his usage. He should, and the average NFL player would have been in the two to three touchdown range. So we would expect him to not be able to sustain a rate double that this season. That being said, still a very good player and a great offense. Third among wide receivers with in catch rate, seventy-seven percent. Fourth in yards per target. Second in yards after the catch. And he's going to, as we talked about earlier, he was still, you know, he's still a huge factor seeing a big target share in this high scoring Rams offense. And I have him scoring seven touchdowns over a full season. He's going to be a big part and certainly has wide receiver. We'll we'll call him a a high floor wide receiver, too.
1: Quickly, we like all three of these wide receivers before people say to us, how can you possibly have Jared Goff ranked as quarterback 15 if you have three top 20 wide receivers? there are a lot of examples of quarterbacks who have three highly ranked pass catchers, right, that aren't ranked as high here. Kirk Cousins has two of like our top 12 uh, wide receivers and a top eight tight end. I know that Kyle Rudolph is not the player that one of these three receivers is, but there's a lot of evidence, a lot of examples of guys who have high-ranked pass catchers. It's just that for Jared Goff, like a ton of his production ties saturates into these three wide receivers as opposed to some of these offenses, like maybe Carson Wentz, has, you know, five guys with five-plus touchdown catches this season. We don't talk about handcuffs amongst pass catchers nearly as much, but could Josh Reynolds or tight end Gerald Everett, I know he plays a different position, but almost be handcuffs for any of these wide receivers.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think Reynolds is for sure. We saw that. I mean, he wasn't, he was by far, I mean, I I wouldn't say he was a safe fantasy start by any means when Cooper Cup went down, but he was a, a guy you can consider for your flex position. Obviously, played a pretty big role in this offense that loves three wide sets more than any other team in the league. So he's definitely a, a, and the elusive handcuff at the wide receiver position. And then Gerald Everett, I mean, there's hype there. You you mentioned Lindsey Theory. She's talked about him having a good offseason, a good camp. It's his third year, perhaps. He takes that next step forward, but we just talked about why that's going to be troubling with the running backs, and they want to throw the ball to Daryl Henderson. They have the three uh, wide receivers. So, uh, I mean, this is a guy that's been on the field for 37% of their pass plays so far. So, I'm not... Pass. Not a draft pick. Two tight end leagues. (laughs) Dynasty, you could hold him. Maybe he breaks out, but not in your normal 10-team standard league.
1: We're taking a quick break, and we'll come right back to talk about Kyla.
0: (laughs) You in the whole fantasy, focus
1: fantasy, fantasy focus We're back to discuss the Arizona Cardinals the team that finished tied for the worst record in football last season had the number 1 pick in the NFL draft Vegas projects them to win 5 games second fewest in the NFL Mike Clay your thoughts
3: Six point four wins for the Cardinals. I Mike. like. I like the defense more than most people. They've quietly added a lot of bodies on that side of the ball. I think it's. It, my only concern, honestly, is if the offense is inefficient. Well, that puts so much pressure on the defense. Much like during the Chip Kelly Philadelphia era in Philadelphia, Philadelphia that made that D right look so bad. That's my concern. But they do have talent on that side.
1: Mike likes him more than most. Let me be clear. I don't think there's any question about this. The most compelling player in fantasy football for the 2019 season is Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. He is Has an incredible be. talent. He's the reigning Heisman Trophy winner. He joined just Deshaun Watson. He's good. As mm-hmm. the only player in Division One FBS football history to rush for over a 1,000 yards while also throwing for over 4,000 yards in a single season. The number one pick in the draft for a reason. And a guy that without doing anything, other than completing six passes, most of them like five yards down the field, seemingly is moving up Ooh. draft boards. Mike... You do a lot of your work with statistics. There are zero NFL statistics for Kyler Murray. Has he somehow climbed up your ranks despite nothing more than anecdotal evidence?
3: He's, he's moving up progressively as the reports are Me more too. and more positive. Me I too. mean, it, listen, running the football is so important and he does it at such a high level. You talked about over a thousand rushing yards last season. I mean, he also, by the way, set the FBS all-time record for yards per attempt. He could throw the ball. too. But here's the thing. I mean, here would be the stat that is, is of notoriety for Murray as a rookie. Like, you might be thinking, well, he's a, a rookie quarterback. How can I start this guy, uh, and, and feel, feel, uh, you know, good that he can, he can supply QB1 numbers? But if you look back at the past decade, there have been three top 10 rookie fantasy quarterbacks and six in the top 14. So that's not very many, but here's the thing. They all had four plus rushing touchdowns. They all did some damage with their legs. The list is Cam Newton, RG3, Dak Prescott, Andrew Luck, Russell Wilson and again J- Jameis Winston. You don't can think of him as a rusher, but he had four plus rushing touchdowns as a rookie as well. So again, we know Murray's going to do damage with his legs, and that brings his floor up and gives him some QB one appeal. So I'm I'm fine with it. I'm I'm certainly you know, fine with it. You
2: know what? I'm it, this is just completely random, but. We've talked about the value with his legs. We've talked about the value that the the offensive line in Arizona is not stellar. And so you you worry. People worry. He's a smaller guy. Could he get injured? Let's not forget that he not only played baseball, but he was part of the Oakland A's organization before he decided to come back and go to the NFL. You know what that means? Because he was a position player in baseball. He can slide. So this guy can run, get away, get out of bounds, and he knows how to slide. That is an undervalued skill set. In the NFL, because we've seen quarterbacks who won't do it, who are more at risk for injury. So I really like like the full dimension of what Kyler Murray brings to the table.
1: So we could certainly all be eating crow by December. But one thing that I think with Kyler that I've realized is that how does he fail is my question. Because if the wide receivers aren't very good, he's still got his legs. Mm -hmm. If he's not a particularly accurate player as a thrower, he's still got his legs. If he's going to have an awful offensive line, that probably only opens things up for his legs. And if he checks the running boxes, I mean, the throwing boxes, well, then watch out. We all love Kyler Murray. He's growing on us. Not yet to put him in a top five player or anything like that, but for something we haven't seen play yet. And working in a system that's
2: familiar to him.
1: Uh, Mm -hmm. David Johnson accounted for 48.3 of Arizona's touches last season. That was the highest rate in the NFL. This guy is a workhorse. Over the past two seasons, that he's been healthy, he's averaged 21.3 touches per game. He has now moved up to my running back four, Mike, your running back five, ADP of running back six. You still are not ready to... What would it take for you to move him ahead, I presume, of Ezekiel Elliott to get into that core fourth top of draft boards?
3: I would have to be confident that Zeke's going to miss games. That's, gotcha. that's what it would take. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm going to... Well, first of all, look at his his share of the workload over, over his t- past two seasons with this, uh, this Cardinals team. 81% of the snaps, 75% of the carries, 17% of the targets... Uh, you know last year obviously the efficiency wasn't good only two top 10 fantasy weeks 24 had more yards per carry plummeted yards after contact was seventh worst among running backs his catch rate was second worst among running backs but despite all of that negative efficiency still had his third top 10 fantasy season in 4 years we expect better efficiency we expect a an offense that was second la- second to last in the league in plays last year to be near the top here in 2019 you know, again, you 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 said kind of how do you fail with Kyler Murray because of his legs? Well, with Johnson, it's gonna be hard for him to fail because of the volume. He's just gonna be overwhelmed with touches.
1: The volume, the durability, the goal line work, the penchant, the nose for the end zone, right? He scored in fifty five point one percent of the games that he has played. He has two scores and nearly twenty five percent of his games. That's a ridiculously incredible rate for David Johnson, a player that has warmed I mean, I we all liked him. Yeah. But I've warmed up to him I even more of the I just think there was this weeks.
2: huge difference. Right? He had the monster season in 2016. Over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. 20 touchdowns. Everybody was like going nuts. And then 2017, one game in, he breaks his wrist. So we didn't see him. And then last year, it's a totally different offense. Like, basically non-existent. And he becomes the focal point because there was nothing else going on. So I feel like we have... Now, this is going to be a whole different context to see him and I think you're going to get the old David Johnson back.
1: Um, uh, it feels almost sacrilege to not give Larry Fitzgerald like a ton of time <laughs> in terms of our mm-hmm. outlook for he gets him this year. All of our respect. Guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer in real football and in fantasy life. football as well. He's third all time in receptions behind only Jerry Rice and Tony Gonzalez who he will pass this season, just 23 away from having second place unto mm-hmm. himself. This year, though, there's not a ton of optimism amongst us surrounding Larry Fitzgerald as a weekly fixture of your lineup simply because, I don't want to say father time has caught up to him. No, but the numbers regressed last season. Wide receiver 40 for me, 41 for Mike, 39 in terms of ADP. I don't have it in me to to trash Larry Fitzgerald. Instead, I'm going to pivot this (laughs) to, there's somewhat of a handing off of the baton, potentially in Arizona, is Christian Kirk, ready for a breakout in his second pro season?
3: Well, I think we all, it, certainly if you look at ADP in our rankings, I think we all sort of feel like that's coming. But, I mean, just recently, Josh Weinfist, who covers the team for us out in, in Arizona, does a great job, said Fitz is still pretty clearly the number one. I, I mean, so that, that okay. was notable to me, that, yeah. that kind of... Change my opinion a little bit, but at the same time, and again, I hate to say negative things here about Fitz, but you know he hasn't cleared six touchdowns since 2015, a career low in targets per game last season. We talked about the change in volume that should go up this year in this offense. The efficiency obviously down, and also he's 36, and and this is this is tough because you, Field, you kind of respond to this. I'm kind of curious what you think here. So if he clears 70 catches, okay, yep. this season he would only be the fifth receiver to ever do that after turning thick after turning 36. The other guys. Uh, are Tim Jerry Brown, Rice, Chris okay. Carter, Jerry Rice, and Terrell Owens. Now, you, you might think, well, that's a short list. It's tough to do, but if anyone, who, like who's but, the natural oh, next person in that I 100
1: think you should do it. I can't think of anybody else right now in the NFL. I'm maybe, maybe. Maybe Julian Edelman if he keeps playing for a few more. He's only he's already thirty three, so he's not right, that right, far right. behind. But right?
3: he, Fitz feels like the natural next guy to add to that I agree. list, right? Yeah. That's if a you good think
2: answer, about they, the situation where Kyler Murray maybe may be looking for some of these outlet passes, you know, mm-hmm. getting rid of the ball fairly quickly. David Johnson is one opportunity, but Larry Fitzgerald provides another.
3: And they don't really have a go to tight end, so he could certainly play that underneath role. And they're going to use a lot of four and five wide sets. He he should be able to handle that underneath role quite a bit.
1: All right, so Larry Fitzgerald. Or Christian Kirk. Sort of a toss up there for which one you want to roster most. But neither one of them based off their current ADP is being drafted as anything close to a starter. Somewhere around I wanna I gotta imagine like what thirteenth, fourteenth round with a current ADP at thirty nine, we said, for fifth and thirty six for Kirk. That's gotta be somewhere in like the thirteenth, fourteenth round, somewhere in that range. Well, some value potentially there. Twelfth round for those two guys. Twelfth, thirteenth round. So possibly some value. Um, We're more. Listen, Kyler is going to be razor sharp. I think the one thing with Fitz is that big play upside is not there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just not. He's just not going to be a guy that's going to be sprinting twenty five yards down the field and catching passes. Christian Kirk has a better chance. I think where Christian Kirk mm-hmm. will probably win more with big plays is tear screens things that like catches the ball at the line of scrimmage and takes it for 20 to 25 yards
3: yeah he had a 21 percent target share last season before he had that injury that's a that's big time for a rookie and and by the Mm -hmm. way no top 10 fantasy weeks and again an offense that was really bad last season but i mean if you look a little closer you see pretty good efficiency 8.8 yards per target and he had a very low expected yards per target because he saw a lot of low percentage throws still posted a good number was very good after the catch which which helped boost that for sure so there were signs that he could be a very good player in this league.
1: Uh, they drafted three wide receivers. Andy Isabella out of UMass, Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State, and with Keyshawn Johnson as well, right, in the sixth round? Yes. Uh, so three wide receivers drafted by the Arizona Cardinals just feels like, right, like, not redshirt years for them, but it doesn't feel like we're at the point yet where any of them merit Redraft consideration, certainly dynasty guys to keep an eye on, certainly in your rookie leagues, rookie dynasty leagues, Andy Isabella, I presume, well, maybe, or Hakeem Butler. One of the two (laughs) will be drafted relatively early, but Isabella's been dealing with a bit of a knee issue. Hakeem Butler, you know, slipped to the fourth round probably for a reason. I don't think any of them, if they come out and they they kill it in week one, mea culpa, (laughs) but in the meantime, for redraft purposes, we can pass on them.
3: Yeah, your last couple of picks, you're just looking for high ceiling guys. So you could throw a dart. That's no problem. Like yeah. I would take Andy Isabella Fine and just throw him on the end of my bench just because of the versatility and the way this offense could potentially be so high volume. He's the guy I would pick from this group to throw on my bench. But again, you're just throwing darts at this point in your draft.
1: As always. And by the way, I think, I think they have a tight end. I know they do. Charles Clay, amongst others. rookie Seals Jones. But uh there looks to be one team in the NFL that will go for wide receivers much mm-hmm. more than everybody else. That's the Arizona Cardinals. Let me just say this: I can't wait to watch this team play offense. After dreading watching them play offense last season, it was ugly. Except for ugly.
2: when they're playing the Forty Nine ers, I'm looking forward to it too.
1: That's
3: a, a good. <laughs> well, if you'd like to see that, you could go see it in person, right? How would you and do that, Mike? You would teams. do that. See what I did there? That was yeah, like getting, it's right almost there. like you're
2: a broadcast. Mike, professor. you are starting to get used
3: to this. To uh, used to this job, yeah, you would do it, of course. With SeatGeek, do you ever feel like ticketing websites make getting to the event difficult on purpose? It's as if they're so big they can get away with not caring about the customer experience. So what if there's a site annoying... What if... Let's try this again. So what if their site's annoying and doesn't have (laughs) the event you want? Hello, status quo. The real question is how easy it could be if those ticketing sites actually cared. With millions of live event tickets and a price match guarantee, SeatGeek proves there's a better way. Search sports, live music, comedy, and more. SeatGeek has the tickets you're looking for, all in one place. In an industry that tends to stagnate, SeatGeek decided to stand out from the crowd. They built fastest ways to find the tickets, so you can stop searching for the perfect seat and start enjoying it. SeatGeek pulls together millions of tickets from all over the web, then it rates each deal on a scale of one to ten. Stats. I like stats, so that's I would enjoy that very much. Uh, We can. I mean, it is called SeatGeek after all, so perfect for me. Finally. SeatGeek displays them on an interface, uh, excuse me, an interactive seat map. SeatGeek breaks down the details. Green dots mean good deals, like good plays maybe in fantasy that week. Red dot Red dots are overpriced. So guys, you don't want to use maybe in your DFS lineup that week. So I like this. Mm-hmm. This is working perfect for me. And every purchase fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets with confidence. SeatGeek will even give you $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you need to do is use our promo code. Download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase. That's promo code FFF for $10 off on your first purchase.
1: Mike, not going to lie to you. I've heard better live reads. Not, <laughs> and that's not, am, listen, SeatGeek is great. Mike, we'll, we'll, we'll refine Listen, these I'm skills. still a little you know what's exhausted. I well, we were doing that
2: and Field, you were on your phone. So I don't know if you saw it. You probably did because you can do everything while you're on your phone. But while it, on the graphic, it had a picture of Matthew saying his, his, his love hate was out. And and he had this look on his face, like this kind of sarcastic look, like he always does. Only it looked like he was looking at you while you were That's how in he normally library, looks at me. Like.
0: So Matthew, those yeah. eyes so on it the wall. So it was, was the
2: influence of having him there it was his fault. Basically. I was
0: super proud with how you started that. It, I pictured like the win probability chart where like you were like a 100% <laughs> and then as the read went on, it just sort of like dipped a little bit. But like, you know what, Mike, you're getting used to it. You got a cool Eagles helmet. And now we're going to ask some questions to you from Keith Lipscomb. I'm not answering them. Wow! Okay, oh, yeah, well, thank goodness Matthew, we have three people on the show. There, yeah. <laughs> what do you hey, got, Mike? Boris? Kind of mad now. throw me you under the bus. Jones.
4: You keep stewing over there, Mike and uh, Stefania and uh, Field can answer these.
3: Listen, I'm not going <laughs> to hurt the listeners over Daniel's nonsense. <laughs> Stefania's <laughs> All right, nonsense. Calm down, B minus. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Perry G wants Ooh. to know. How far would you drop Ty Hilton and other Colts if Luck remains out? A yeah, good question. I wish we had addressed this. I wish
1: I had addressed this during the Andrew Luck situation. Uh Ty Hilton was drafted in the last round of our ten-team, six-round mock draft last night, in which everybody had to take a quarterback and a tight end, two wide receivers, two running backs. I don't know how you can't. There, there has to be a link between Ty Hilton and Andrew Luck. With all due respect to Jacoby Brissett who is much better as a player now than he was when he was traded just before week one, the last time Andrew Luck was hurt. It's a dramatic dr- drop. It just is.
3: Yeah, Hilton, wide receiver 27 uh, with Jacoby Brissett, which is still, I mean, you'd still potentially get starting numbers right. out of him, but obviously a fall falloff. Uh, Jack Doyle was, was Jacoby Brissett's target, though, so that's something yeah. to keep in mind late in your draft. He was tight end 7, caught 80 footballs with Brissett under center, so... Uh, Again, I'm gonna. I, I certainly would knock down Hilton a few spots until we get more clarity on Luck, but I'm not going nuts right now.
4: All right, Keith. Anything else for us? Yeah, a couple of strategy related ones. Um, one here from Alex he says, "How do you approach drafting QBs in a two QB league? Do I need to draft both early, or can I still wait to address the position?"
0: Uh, um, Fine. I, I was
2: gonna say I just did a mock draft a two QB mock draft a, a week or so ago, and uh, you know, it was all people who play a lot. So I think that, you know the Pretty comfortable with the rules and what have you. And I, the first quarterback went earlier than what any of us would normally draft a quarterback in. That makes sense. But I think the first outside of Mahomes, who I think went in the end of the first round or the start of the second, everybody took a quarterback around late second, early third round and then waited until much later. You know, I would say that it was double digit. Were you in that draft? Yes. Oh, sorry, I don't remember. I just don't remember all I the was people. Okay. Yeah, okay. Well, I what was like double digit rounds before people start getting into the second quarterback. You just want to make sure that you're not at a point where you're running out of viable starting quarterbacks to have the second.
3: That's what that's what I was gonna say. You don't want to get in, in a, especially if you're at a turn, you don't wanna get in a situation where like all the quarterbacks are going in the two rounds right. and you come back you and you end up with Stafford and Andy Dalton. Like you don't wanna get pinched like that. But you don't have to force it. Like I see people panic, like, should I take Mahomes first overall just so I get it? No, don't do that. You can be patient and still come away with I think in that one I had like cam and big ben or something right, i was right. patient i just kept taking uh running backs and receivers and was still able to get these guys but we've talked about it there's so much depth here you don't have to force at a quarterback
1: do the math like always wait i, I like i use this for, this refrain a lot i don't like to be the conductor of the train i don't want to be the caboose of the train i like to be somewhere in the middle and when you're down to your second quarterback and you uh, to mike's point if you're debating between can i take Just make this up here. Can I take Lamar Jackson now, or do I need to wait, or can I wait until however number of picks from now? Mm -hmm. Just do the math. 12 picks from now, if everybody else already has two quarterbacks, you're probably fine.
4: Uh, What else, Keith? Anything else to close it on? Yeah, Jared wants to know, what is your general strategy going into an auction? Balanced, spend big at running backs, save your money and look for bargains as bankrolls diminish. I I think uh, more so than any other format, my approach changes based off the room in, in auctions. Like
1: if someone goes nuts, like... Saquon, if if you start a league up right now, and you have a two hundred dollar budget, and Saquon goes for ninety one dollars, like which is not that crazy. It's too much, but it's not that crazy. Then I might say, all right, well, I'm going to be in a position to land a bunch of really salt. Like Chris Carson might land in my pocket for sixteen bucks or something like that, something ridiculous. Right. Um. But if if you have a more modest, more thrifty room, then you got to be prepared to spend in the middle class more.
3: Yeah, I want to spend a majority of my money on my starting lineup. I only have I only budget like a dollar or two for each bench spot. Um, I'm going to give all the players a ballpark price, what I think they should be at. I'm not going to go crazy to go over that number. And something else I do, which I don't know if everybody does this is, you know, I'll take like, for example, I'm going to use Excel. So I'll put a little sheet together with the positions of the starters and Nerd. I'll kind of I'll put the number there that I want to spend on that position. Now, sometimes you're going to go a little under and get a discount and then you're going to be able to spend that money elsewhere. And you can do this live as you pick up players It maybe you get a great deal. I remember last year in an auction, I got Alshon Jeffrey super cheap so I could plug him in at $7 or whatever it was, and then I knew I could spend up more at running back or other positions. So just always be uh, kind of adjusting that board and keep an eye on it. Mike, I love your confidence, and I could could navigate an Excel spreadsheet spreadsheet
1: during a draft. I
2: I crossed it out with a pencil, but I do think the idea of sort of having a budget of like, because you have to, it can be tempting in an auction to let the bidding war escalate and you get involved in it emotionally. And if you go in and say, I'm yes. not spending yeah. more than this,
4: it's it's smart. Oh, yeah. One more question, Keith. Yeah, Jeremy wants to know when
0: submissions for the show league start. And with that, I turn it over to Daniel Dobbs. Oh, that is a great question. We are going to have a show league again this year. That is super exciting. We are not going to do the man's league and women's league the way that we had originally been doing it the last couple of years. We're okay. going to make it one league I am going to still be a 16-team league. I will be heading up one division of seven other men with me. Stefania is going to head up the women's division with seven other women with her, and we are going to do one. We're going league. to
2: crush you, is what you were oh, going to okay. say. Okay, all right. right, right. You know sure. the still, ladies are going to crush you. All right, mm-hmm. It's still the. Women's league. conclusion. It's still
0: the women's league because they're going to win. That yeah. we'll, it's the women's league. We'll find out. We'll find out whose league it is once we get to the end of the year. Okay. But we're going to start. We will let you guys know when submissions go. Next week, we're going to be able to have... We already have quite a bit of the league filled based on, you know, someone on this Fast podcast past like to just be able to give people, you know, free passes into this. So uh we will definitely set that up next week, and then we will start taking submissions and get a draft date figured out soon.
1: Okay, looking forward okay. to that. More information coming soon. In the meantime, we're back tomorrow. Matthew comes back. Love, hate talk. Redskins preview. Any kind of updates you might have. We'll talk to you
0: then. Peace out. 6010. Never gonna hustle. In case you didn't know. Matthew Barry TMR. You, 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 you guys
1: go ahead. Give me grief for being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me? Cause I don't think you could. Field Yates. You you're you're you are you are you are terrible at hashtag improv. At field yates. At, 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 at
0: field yates. Stefan Bell. Fairy convert you. Secret squirrel, Daniel, die. Make, 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 make it happen. Mediocre fan.
1: Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride, from the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet hair. I was born
3: with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico
4: Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.